Coaching Podcast is exactly that. A podcast for anyone involved in establishing, running or developing a coaching program within an organisation. We want to answer your questions and support you in developing the best coaching program within your organisation by speaking with those who have already been there. For additional resources and new episodes, check out possible.ie forward slash podcast. This week, Paul is joined by Andrea Dermody. Andrea's background includes regional and global roles across LND, talent management and diversity and inclusion. It was her roles across LND and talent that led her to be heavily involved in running organisational coaching programmes. In this episode, we discuss why bring coaching into an organisation, aligning coaching to strategy, what to think about when bringing in external executive coaches. Let's have a listen. Great. Andrea Dermody, uh, lovely to see you over Zoom and for our listeners, audio only, of course. Uh, but thanks a million for your time. Thanks, Paul. Good morning. And how are you? I'm great. Um, so what I'd like to start with, Andrea, is maybe if you could just tell us a little bit about your own background and your experience of coaching within organisations. Sure. So my background, Paul, although I started actually working in financial services in New York in the back office, which definitely gave me a very business specific view of uh, how financial services works. I spent most of my financial services career, most of my career to date, working in different parts of HR. So I spent a good chunk of my time working in learning and development. I had a great couple of years in talent management and then the last seven, eight years have been in diversity and inclusion. Um, and that's the, the piece of work that I spend a lot of my time doing now. Um, but my background is you know, broadly around um, learning and talent management and around DNI. And specifically in relation to coaching, this was something that I started to talk about more within um, the organization I was working for at the time, within State Street, um, as we were looking at how we developed senior talent. And I think that's probably how a lot of organizations come and start the coaching yeah. conversation. Uh, somebody comes and says I would like to get an executive coach or and um, they start to talk about what that might mean as as a development initiative as a part of how you're developing your top talent and um, my remit and when when we started talking about this in, in the organization at the time was to look at how we would approach coaching generally holistically for the organization and that was about more than executive coaching it was about looking at you know, coaching as a philosophy, where the basic premise is that, you know, as a leader, as a manager, as an individual, I don't necessarily have all of the answers. Coaching can help me to get answers from another individual, right? So um, we wanted to look at the time, at how we might sort of implement that philosophy across what we were doing and not just look at our approach to executive coaching which we wanted to be fair and we wanted to be consistent but also look at how coaching skills would enhance our managers capabilities Mm. um, and also more broadly build a more collaborative approach so in terms of you know from a background point of view and um, that was how my introduction to coaching and then you know going through that I, I also did a coaching qualification as you know and I have to say that it's one of the best skill sets I developed for myself yeah um, 
and, and that's I've used it for the last since I've had the qualification I've used it I would say every day it's an excellent skill for internal consultants to have but generally speaking and I'm thinking especially in the context of the work that I do now around diversity and inclusion a coaching approach really allows you to get the perspective of the individual you're speaking to and not put your own bias on what they're going to say. Um, I mean, there's a great, great quote from the Dalai Lama that I'm sure you've heard as well. You know, when you talk, you're only repeating what you already know. Um, but if you listen, you might learn something new. And I think that was definitely when we were looking at how we would do this in the organization. And my approach since has been assume best intentions for a start, but also at least open yourself to the possibility that the person you're speaking to may have a better approach than you. Uh, And how do you hear that different point of view? And I think that's extremely important um, at the moment in our culture as well. No, I agree. And someone, someone I know well always says to me, you were given two ears and one mouth for a reason. (laughs) Exactly. True (laughs) though. But we, we underestimate it all the time. And I think, you know, part of it is cultural, right? Yeah. Um, Irish people, especially were, we're devils for interrupting and talking over each other. And if you think about how multicultural our society has now become, that can be very off-putting for people. So listening skills, especially if you're in a manager position, in the position of developing other people and developing talent, they're just incredibly invaluable. And I'd imagine, you know, going away from coaching for a quick second, in the DNI world, uh, listening is, is probably even more important. It is. And if you look at, for example, the impact of bias, right? So unconscious bias, which, you know, tends to be where people go to first when they're talking about inclusion and diversity. But what does it actually mean? It basically means that we put our own worldview and framework around every conversation or interaction that we have, that we make assumptions. And, you know, shocker, Paul, but, you know, our brain does this really without consulting us, makes these you know, shortcuts, takes these shortcuts to help us to process all of the information that we're getting every single moment. So we have a responsibility. And I think especially when we look at diversity and inclusion, we have a responsibility to be aware of those biases and not to put our bias on how a conversation might or might not go and do ourselves a favor and listen, you know, asking simple questions to honestly hear and absorb the point of view of somebody else and understanding the fact that you're more likely your brain again is going to be much more receptive to people who remind you into input from people who remind you of yourself and how do you counteract that Well, you develop a new habit a habit of listening and a habit of asking really good questions so yes especially in the diversity and inclusion world and um, coaching is a, is a great skill for leaders to have. But even as you're as, as a HR professional talking to leaders in an organization, using a coaching approach when you're having the conversation around diversity and inclusion means that you really hear what people, you hear their perspective. And, and we know as HR professionals, being where your client is, is extremely important. It's, it's what's going to help you to get to the next stage. It's what helps you to get buy-in. That yeah. you're really listening, you know, so it is extremely, it's a, again, a skill I use every single day. Yeah, and the idea of meet your, from a coaching perspective, meet your client where they're at is massively important. Um, you spoke there around 
coaching being introduced as part of an executive talent development team, but, but you also spoke around almost developing that coaching culture. One yes. of the main things I hear and one of the main challenges people have if they don't necessarily have a coaching program or, or uh, have brought coaching into an organization is, is kind of where do you start and who should we start yeah. with and who's it aimed at? Love to get your thoughts around that. So, and here I would say this, regardless of what you're doing for, for a client or for a business call, you need to think about what is the challenge that you're answering for that business. Now, this is regardless of whether I'm you know, dealing with a client or helping a client with their diversity and inclusion or with a learning initiative or with anything in relation to talent management or coaching. You, you've got to start with what is the strategy of that business? What are the challenges that that business is facing? Because we tend to... Uh, jump straight to the action phase um, and the action phase in the case of coaching might be let's implement executive coaching I'm going to borrow the main idea from Simon Sinek's very famous book and say you've got to start with the why why are we doing this are we doing this because um, I read a great article about coaching and I think it would be yeah. a wonderful initiative for us to implement or are we doing because, okay, I've learned a bit about coaching and the power of a coaching culture for an organization. And when I look at the challenges that we have as a business, actually developing these skills for our managers and using this as a tool will get us to a better place. It will help us to answer these questions. So, so for example, if uh, as a business you've identified that um, we need to build, move away from command and control and we need to build a more collaborative environment, if we say that the basic skills of coaching are asking really good questions and listening, that, that will help managers to build a more collaborative team environment. So if that's the objective of the organization, we want to build a more collaborative team environment, or we want to, for example, have greater innovation. Again, innovation and really building a culture of innovation in your organization is about people feeling comfortable about sharing their ideas. Mm. And when do they feel comfortable about sharing their ideas? When they feel they are really listened to. And active listening is something, it's a skill you have to build. It's not yeah. something you're born with. So again, when I'm thinking about anything in relation to uh, how we do people, how we do human resources, we need to be where the business is. We need to think about, is what we're doing, is what we're implementing really helping the business to do what they do? Mm. Um, and so we've got to start with where the business are and what are the challenges that implementing a, a coaching culture or a program, program of coaching will help to build. And there are lots of examples where coaching can help with that the start then of uh, where you go to get stakeholder buy-in or how you get stakeholder buy-in and I'm thinking particularly yes. of you know senior leadership or ultimately the people who are going to pay for coaching yeah. do they need to see a specific target or what are we doing this for because everyone has limited resources Yes, well, exactly. No one has ever walked into a meeting with a business leader looking for a budget and being, being told, yes, you can have unlimited money. Yeah. That, 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 no that problem. So, no problem. But starting first with what is what are you helping me with? As a business leader, I have a lot of priorities. I have a lot of things that I need to spend my time, effort, money on. Um, how is coaching helping me to solve this problem that I have? And again, that might be 
building a more collaborative culture. It might be increasing innovation. It might be related to diversity and inclusion. We know because we've done, for example, an employee survey that a big uh, swathe of our um, employees feel they're not being listened to by their managers. Now, that's a problem for a lot of different reasons, not just for diversity and inclusion. It's a problem if your business needs to be risk aware. So maybe your challenge is I need to demonstrate that we've become a very risk aware organization. To be a risk aware organization, I need to be able to stand over and be comfortable that people feel comfortable speaking up and they feel comfortable that their, their ideas and their input will be listened to. And so again, when you're thinking about getting stakeholder buy-in, answer the question, what's in it for me? as a business leader and indeed if you're thinking about broader adoption if you're thinking about actually i've convinced my business leaders and i now need to convince the most difficult people to influence in an organization i need to convince my middle managers i need to convince my my managers who are actually carrying culture every single day in my organization i need to convince them and for them it's how will this help you to have a more effective relationship with the people that you're managing, with the talent that you have the responsibility for developing. How will this make you a more effective leader? So again, it's coming back to when you think about stakeholder buy-in and not just buy-in at the beginning of an idea, but ongoing support. Yeah. It's about what question are you answering for that business? How will this initiative make the business better, make the culture better, and ultimately make the business more successful? When you spoke about middle management and I suppose starting to implement once you've got that kind of buy-in and you've started to implement one of the things that always comes up is around the perception of coaching you know is someone getting coaching because uh oh there's a problem or is someone getting coaching because it's seen as a badge of honor almost it's jesus they're getting coaching uh, they must be on a leadership development program or whatever but how do you manage that piece that that perception piece well, again, you know, beginning with where you are as an organization, so not jumping into implementation, but rather starting with where are we now, right? So what is the current perception? And if the current perception is, you know, there's trouble there and that's why that person is getting coaching, it's about how do you reframe that conversation? And that's about selling the benefit. So if, for example, I can say as an organization that we value our top talent, we know that among a, a, a selection of things that we can do for learning and development, we know that executive coaching can really help to advance and accelerate talent development. Then you're talking about and portraying, if you like, a message that um, talks about coaching in a much more positive way. But again, it comes back to being where your organization is. Some organizations that I talk to, for example, we might be having a conversation about coaching and mentoring and sponsorship. But really, it's about understanding where is that organization now? Some organizations have done mentoring for many years. They understand what mentoring is. They understand how it works. And they can move on to a conversation about sponsorship and how that's different in relation to mentoring. But some other organizations are not there at all. So you have to be where the organization is. If you are creating a perception around coaching being something you use to fix individuals, that's not really how you should be using coaching anyway. So you redress that by taking that step back, having a strategic view. And when you talk about coaching, talk about in terms of how it's enhancing your business and how it's solving business problems. I think that that's a key thing. I think the other thing with executive coaching that we 
forget about sometimes is we we again when we're taking this strategic view at the beginning of initiative of an initiative we need to be really clear about what we use executive coaching for that mm. so we don't use it to fix pe- people it's not counseling so it, it isn't about addressing derailing types of behaviors and we also need to understand the coaches readiness for coaching yeah so if for example you have as an organization used it as a way to tackle derailers or a way to tackle negative behavior if somebody's not willing to change then you're spending money um, and making an investment where you're not going to have an impact so you really need to be clear at the very beginning take the time to lay out what do we use executive coaching for it should be part of an overall approach to learning and development part of an overall approach to how you enhance your leaders or how you look at at top talent but it shouldn't be you know the fix-all it shouldn't be uh, it should never replace for example and i've seen this many times it should never replace the job of a line manager yeah you know so it shouldn't be down to for example an external coach to deliver feedback that the line manager doesn't want to deliver and, and I've, again, I've seen that countless times. Yeah. One of the ways you mitigate for that is you think about what, do, what are we using this for? When is the right time to use it? When will we use it? How will we be fair and consistent about implementing executive coaching? But also being very specific um, in the conversation that we have with a line manager about what exa- and with the coachee about what exactly this coaching program is designed to achieve. So, and good coaches will do this anyway, set goals for the, for the course of the coaching engagement. But when you're talking about organizational, the organizational context around executive coaching, it's not just important as coaches that we set goals with the individual. It's also important that we understand what the goals of the organization are for this engagement. So one of the recommendations I would give again in that strategic stage when you're looking at how are we going to set this up all together and how are we going to set ourselves up for success? Implementing something like the coaching engagements will start with a a three-way conversation between the coach, the coachee and the line manager. And we are going to be really specific. We're going to spend time at that early stage setting out what are everyone's expectations. Because it's, it's, it's only then that you'll get things like, and again, Paul, from my experience dealing with executives on the talent management side, line managers can be very afraid of hurting someone's feelings and therefore not giving them the actual feedback, not giving them, this is actually what you really need to do. This is the thing that's actually really derailing you. You can't use a coach to deliver that message. You've got to deliver it as a line manager. So I think you need to be very deliberate at the, early stages when you're setting up a coaching program what are you setting it up for what do you want to achieve what business challenges will this help to solve because that will help you with how you measure success and but also when you think about the specifics of executive coaching why do you use it when do you use it and who do you use it for so i think then specifically around uh, executive coaching how do you uh, select and validate the work of an external coach and how are they best matched with the coaches so that's a very good question and again we do this as part of the setup of a program right so it's something you determine right at the beginning one of the challenges for the coaching industry is how what is a good coach what does good look like mm-hmm. 
and part of that has got to be something you decide as an organization what does good look like for you and again over the course of my time I would have had people come to me I want to work with this executive coach I've met this person I think they'd be really helpful and what I would do as a result of that because we'd done the planning we knew what good looked like is I would say, well, that's great. Send me on their profile and I'll talk to them because we do have criteria that we use to ensure that the coach has, for example, uh, the right type of experience. So does this coach and can they show you that they have X number of hours at the executive level, at the C-suite level, if that's the level that you're sourcing coaches for? Are they in supervision? Do they have validation from an external organization whomever that might be and there's a number of really good global organizations and look at the ones that could be a good fit for your organization if you're irish an irish organization if you're a european organization if you're an, an international organization most coaches that you meet good coaches will have some type of qualification they will have some type of certification with an international body so you do the legwork in advance and turn determine what it is that you're looking for so there are certain things that you can lay out and a quick google search will give you a good criteria that you'd use but there are some examples the next thing i would do in terms of when uh, you're creating if you like you want to create a cohort of coaching because one of the things that can yeah. really delay coaching intervention is where it takes us six months to find a coach and i've had that experience right and um, so you really want to have in your bag of tricks if you're going to use executive coaching consistently in your organization for top performers or whomever it might be you want to have a stable of coaches that you like using and that you know are a good fit for your organization but you also want to, the key, other key element is chemistry, right? We know this as, as coaches. Some, pe some people will work best with um, a specific co one coach versus another. So you've defined as an organization, this is what we think good is. We think good coaches have the follow following criteria and we measure our coaches against that, right, to start off with. Then we conduct an interview process and we ask them about their experience. We do the qualitative bit, right? So there's boxes we tick and then we do the qualitative bit we create a, a, a cohort of coaches that we're we like working with that we think fit that criteria but also understand what we're trying to achieve as an organization and again that gets back to have you decided what you want to achieve as an organization through coaching have you taken that strategic approach and can you then share that with an executive coach to give them the organizational context and then ordinarily as you um, get into the engagement you would give people um, a number of different options in terms of coaches you would allow them to have what we'd call a chemistry meeting right so uh, you might identify three coaches that they might be a potential fit with you might share these three profiles with them they'll read through them and um, you know decide i'm going to meet with uh, these two out of the three the other core component from a consult internal consulting point of view is making sure that you understand yourself as you're um, starting the engagement what the manager and the coachee are trying to achieve from that engagement. So what are their goals? Have you had that conversation with them? So it, it, this is, again, the difference between being an order taker, right? So yeah. somebody comes to you, an executive comes to you, I want training for this person and this is the type of training I want versus being a consultant. Well, tell me what you're trying to achieve and let's collaboratively figure out what the best initiative is.
with coaching, I think we, we've talked a lot around the what you might look for in terms of attributes uh, as a coach coming into an organisation. We've also kind of talked about the perception of coaching. And I'm curious around the external coaching market and, and maturity, I suppose, of that market. I've seen a big difference between organisations. Some organisations will have very defined criteria in terms of, you know, must have a credential, uh, must have X amount of errors, as you said, at a certain level, uh, must have X, Y, and Z uh, must go to supervision, uh, you know, all of that stuff. So there seems to be a market where it's very mature and they really understand the external coaching market in particular and the internal coaching market, I suppose. But then there's also a level of organization that maybe doesn't quite get it as much. And then the other thing is the actual perception of coaching and what coaching is. I still find myself explaining, actually, coaching is this. It's not what you think it is initially. Yes. Just yeah. curious around your thoughts on that and, and how it's changed over the years. So there was a piece of research done by the Harvard Business Review. This is actually at the start of the 2000s. And at that stage, they were saying we've moved away from, for example, coaching using uh, or organizations using coaching to fix toxic behavior. And now it is more about developing high potential performers. And that was early. It was at 2005. I think that research was actually published. But I, I don't I think you're you're correct insofar as you've, again, got to be where your client is and look at the marketplace as well and different markets are more mature than others when it comes to different initiatives right so if you're dealing with the US people probably have a good understanding of what executive coaching is and what it is not now again that varies from one organization to another but again the organization probably has experience of using executive coaches and they know what good looks like and there is probably a if you like a a basic level within the marketplace that coaches are expected to achieve I'm not sure that for example when you deal with marketplaces like Ireland that that maturity is necessarily there but how do you get it again starting from an organizational point of view with what you're really trying to achieve what your strategic imperatives are that the coaching is answering for you is as important as does a coach tick the right boxes but the ticking the right boxes it's not just about the boxes that they yeah okay because um, and again, this is about what is coaching and what uh, what coaching is and what coaching is not. Coaching is not counselling. And as an organisation, it's extremely important and you have a duty of care, a fiduciary duty for the people who work for you to ensure that you don't put them in a situation where there may be more risk involved than the professional you've engaged them with is actually qualified to deal with. So it's it's not just ticking boxes. It's extremely important that a coach that you're putting to work with people that you have responsibility for, right, and that you have care for, responsibility of care for, that that coach is qualified enough to know where something may be perhaps uh, veering over into an area that it shouldn't, where it may be past focused as opposed to future focused. So I think regardless of the maturity of, of the, and you're right, different organizations are at different stages. That's again about being where your client is. It's important as HR professionals that we really understand not only the power of coaching, but also what good, what does good look like, right? So good is something that's attached to our business strategy where we do have criteria in place and where we are very fussy about who our people work with. In terms of the benefits of developing and implementing a a coaching program externally or internally or or a blend of both, what are the benefits you've seen or an organization could expect to see? 
So again, you know, embedding it in what the organization has in challenges, specific challenges that the organization has, but some of the benefits we've touched on already, where, for example, you're trying to build a more innovative culture or a more agile culture, the real core benefit of coaching is helping leaders or those that are doing the coaching to understand that they don't necessarily have the right answer right in the moment um, and that's why my recommendation for organizations that are looking at this is to take the big picture view don't just think about how are we going to implement executive coaching thinking about think about are there skills there actually that we should have as part of our regular management programs i'm a big believer in don't try to reinvent the wheel don't try to necessarily add something on top of when you can enhance what you already have, right? So if you already train your managers, you already have a manager training program, maybe look at incorporating coaching skills into that. The benefits that you get are around innovation. They are around agility. They are around, and here getting to the specific benefit for managers, they're around making your people independent thinkers. Mm -hmm. So if you think about it, right, and the most basic way to understand it Somebody comes to your door or your desk three or four times a day to ask you a question. And um, the questions might be framed around the same sort of challenges. If you constantly give them the answer, you're not helping them to learn, yeah. right? So, so again, I would go back to coaching. Real, the real benefit of coaching is creating that culture of active learning within your organization, where a, a, my job as a leader or a manager is to develop the best talent in the or to develop the talent in the organization get the absolute best out of my people and i can't do that if i'm constantly telling them what to do so that's the real if you like philosophical benefit of mm. a broad approach to coaching in an organization and then on the smaller view in terms of executive coaching it can really help in a timely way to enhance um, ex um, high potentials in your organization now, again, you want it to be linked to what are we trying to achieve as a business? Maybe you're um, looking at a scenario where you're growing a division in, a, in another country. You need to enhance the local leadership there. Coaching is a way in which you can, for example, move away from a dependency on expats if it's a different location. But getting very specific, Paul, about the challenges that business are, businesses are facing right now, you need your people to be able to think for themselves to be independent thinkers mm. and to be able to come to you with the absolute, but you need to leverage every single ounce of brain power that you have in your organization because the challenges are only going to continue to grow into the future. And the getting the best ideas out of your people is about training them to think for themselves, right? And, and encouraging that. Um, and, it, you know, the best characterization is this move from command and control to transformative yep. leadership, right? So, so that, you know, really what you're looking at is a much more collaborative approach, a much more innovative and agile organization where people in a new scenario can think through the steps for themselves. I think that's really interesting, actually, because a lot of people think of coaching or bringing in a coach to uh, maybe support someone who is on the leadership track uh, and they feel that they could develop in a particular area. Um, so coaching yeah. can definitely be used to support that from a tactical perspective. What you've spoken about, the more strategic side of developing that resourcefulness and developing that resilience and that ability to yeah. kind of adapt and change. And I really think it's it's the the idea that as a coach, you're working with the person and you're pulling the answers out of them or helping them to pull their own answers out. That That's the really lasting change if you yeah. can implement and sustain, I suppose, a coaching program. 
Well, it, it's helping you to grow leaders, right? Leaders need to think for themselves. And, and one of your responsibilities as a leader in an organization, one of your primary responsibilities, obviously the operational side of the business is important. That's how you pay the bills. But one of your primary responsibilities is to grow and develop talent. How are you going to do that? Are you going to tell them what to yeah. do for the rest of their careers? Are you going to help them to be really strategic thinkers? And I think the other thing is, you know, Paul, it's not just about, you know, getting the answers out of people. It's also about, you know, assuming best intentions. Stephen Covey talks about that. And I think about that all of the time. We have an awful lot of conflict happening in organizations, right? That is completely unnecessary. That is caused by us as individuals, because we're human beings, making assumptions about someone's intent, right? So if you take a coaching approach, rather than saying, this is what you did, and I don't like it, and this is why you did it, you know, asking someone to tell you and start by sharing their perspective. Tell me what you think happened in this scenario, or tell me more about that. Starting with that approach will make you a much more powerful and impactful leader. And, you know, the other thing we tend to forget about coaching, it's a great way to develop people, but it does also help with conflict management. And really inclusive leaders are skilled at dealing with conflict in a fair and equitable manner. And the way to be fair is assume best intentions. Your brain is automatically telling you something about someone else's point of view. And that might be based on your previous experience with that individual or with people like them, or this person is part of your in-group or part of your out-group. You can sort of shortcut your brain's unconscious bias by starting by asking a good question as opposed to making assumption and an assumption an inaccurate assumption a lot of the time mm. allowing other people to speak first by asking a really good question and actively listening can help you to shortcut an awful lot of conflict within your business i think even developing that ability to be able to check in with yourself as a leader and what's going on for yeah. you in a given situation one final question what is the one most important piece of advice you would give to someone when it comes to setting up or refining an internal coaching program? So I, I'll start at the, where we started today. We start with the why. Think about why are you doing this? You know, are you doing this because a business leader came to you and said, this co company has coaching and we don't. Are you doing this because it's the, the latest, greatest and it's not coaching. It's been around for a long time or, are you doing why are we doing this what is the question that this will answer now we've talked a lot about the different ways in which a coaching culture can really enhance your organization it can make it a more learning organization much more agile it can ensure that you're encouraging innovation it can help you to avoid conflict it can help to mitigate against unconscious bias but you need to decide for your business what question is coaching helping you to answer? And articulate that in the language of the business. Look at the strategy of your organization. Look at the goals of your organization. What is your organization trying to achieve? And then how does coaching enhance that? Starting there and not jumping, which is our inclination as human beings, not jumping to let's do lots of things. Starting with the thinking piece that's where you add value as a HR professional as a, and as a leader in an organization in starting slowly and thinking about the why. That's my, my biggest piece of advice. Take that strategic view, think about why you're doing it and link it to business challenges. Andrea, thanks a million for your time. Thank you, Paul. I've enjoyed the discussion. Mm -hmm.
for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you would like to be a guest, have any comments, or are curious about any topics in particular, get in touch with us on podcast at possible.ie. Thank you.